Welcome to our study of Galatians here on the Radio Bible Course. We're in Galatians chapter 3, where Paul has introduced Abraham as an example of salvation by faith, apart from the law and apart from works. And that leads us to what some people have said is a contradictory passage in the Bible, James chapter 2. For there, James seems to be telling us that unless a person has works, his faith won't do him any good. Now, this is a major passage used by millions of churchgoers to deny that salvation is by faith alone in Christ alone. And so our study today is going to be about James 2, and we need to study it in context. How do we know what James meant? Well, the only way to interpret the Bible is to follow, first of all, the first rule of interpretation, and that's study a passage in its context. And we do have a context here, and we'll be looking at that. There are other rules of interpretation, of course. We need to define words, and we need to understand background, where that may shed some light on what an author was meaning or intending to mean by what he wrote. Is there a contradiction between Paul's view of salvation and James' view of salvation? It appears so, but both of them cannot be correct. Now listen to James chapter 2, verse 14 and verse 17. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but has not works? Can his faith save him? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. On the surface, it seems as though we have a tremendous problem here because there are about 150 verses that declare salvation to be by either faith or believing, along with scores of passages that rule out the law and works as contributing to our acceptance by God. Those of you who have studied the Bible seriously may have noticed that I did something sneaky here when I displayed several statements from James chapter 2. And I wanted to do that as an illustration because false teachers do that, and I want to make you aware of how some people handle the Word of God without integrity. So I want to make a point. Now, there are rules of interpretation to follow in order to understand the Bible. I departed from one of them. The first is the law of context. You see, I gave you only two passages out of the context, and they weren't even together. I omitted the passages which explain the ones I did give you. Now, let's read together. James chapter 2, beginning with verse 14, so we get the context. And if you have a Bible, I wish you would turn to James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith, but has not works? Can his faith save him if a brother or sister is ill-clad and in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace? be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what does it profit? So, faith by itself, 
if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you shallow man, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by works. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. In order to understand the text now, I believe we need to ask a few questions. In verse 14, we read about works. It says, If a man says he has faith, but has not works. Now, the question is, what kind of works? Well, is that important, most people say? Well, yes, it is. If we don't know what kind of works he's talking about, we may not be able to understand the teaching here at all. Secondly, did James write that if a man has faith without works, that such faith cannot save him? No, absolutely not. He did not say that. Notice, it says, if a man says he has faith, not if a man has faith. You see, there are many people, even today, and there were in the first century, who claim they had faith. James encountered them. Many of them were Jews. They said, well, we believe in Abraham. We believe that there is a Messiah. We believe the Bible, the Word of God. Oh, they thought they had faith, but James could tell them, you don't have faith like we do. You do not believe in Christ alone to save you. You are trusting in other things. You say you have faith, but you don't have faith that saves. Abraham had that kind of faith, but you don't have what Abraham had. Now, there's a third question I think we need to ask. When James refers to Abraham's works that justified him, in chapter 2 of James, verse 21, James writes, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? Is that the same passage that Paul uses? No, it is not. Now, in analyzing what James is teaching, I think we first need to look at an outline. We have in section 1 of James' teaching here, verses 14 to 17, an example of profitless words. That's followed by verses 18, 19, and 20, where he gives an example of what men can see. Then, beginning with verse 21, there's the example of Abraham, and next, the example of Rahab, the harlot. Now keep in mind the problem. Can faith without works save? And faith without works is dead. Those are the problems. 
What James said in verses 14 through 17 should be explained by the context. And our first question, going back to it again, what kind of works is James referring to? Does the context answer that? It does. But I notice that the word good works does not appear. In the first section, is James teaching his readers to do good works? No. He is giving an illustration to expose the claim that men make to have faith. And if you're looking at the text, notice verse 14, if a man says he has faith. James' illustration is about words. Words like, go in peace, be warmed and filled. Now, that's what you might call a platitude. These are words solemnly spoken, but they don't help anybody. They are hollow. And John warned of this in his first epistle. John wrote, Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and in truth. It's easy to say that you love someone, but you are demonstrating it when you do something. So what is James' point? He's trying to make the point that talk can be cheap. Anyone can say he has faith, and most people do. So what good does that do? How does saying you have faith benefit you? It doesn't. There's no promise from God that he will give eternal life to those who say they have faith. The promise is only to those who have faith. There's a great difference between those two things. In this first section, James is trying to expose those who claim they have faith, but they have a false security. But keep in mind, they do claim to have faith. They say they have faith. Now, in the next section, James expands on this matter of making a claim for faith, but not having the yet unexplained works. When he writes verse 19, it's blunt. James writes, You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. It tells us, who the men are who say they have faith? Who are they? Well, doesn't verse 19 sound just like this Old Testament passage from Deuteronomy 6.6? 6? It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Those are words you hear in the synagogue every Friday night. The Jews are very familiar with that. That is their theology. That's what they consider faith, that there is one God. And, of course, they believed that they were God's people. And so that's the kind of faith they seem to be claiming. These men, and I think they were Jews, were claiming to have faith and therefore be in God's favor just like these Christians who were preaching the gospel of grace. But they gave no evidence of it. Men could not see their faith, but men can see works, says James, to illustrate the void in their lives. Now we go to section 3, beginning with verse 20. And James writes, Do you want to be shown, you shallow man, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac upon the altar? You see that faith 
was active along with his works, and faith was completed by works. Now it begins with the question, do you want to be shown, O foolish man? And the answer is the illustration of Abraham. This illustration, as part of the context, should explain the difference between saying a man has faith and having faith. It also should explain or show what James means by works. Now, when does he say Abraham was justified by works? His answer is when he went to Mount Moriah. But this is different from every reference to Abraham's justification. All other references in the Bible are to Genesis 15. But James is referring to an event in Abraham's life that took place 30 years later. And we'll explain that in our program tomorrow. I'll be here, and I hope you'll join us. It is essential that every Christian understand all that he can about the subjects of grace and faith and works. Our course on understanding the New Testament deals with these subjects even more thoroughly, and you will benefit from them. There are ten tapes in that course. This is a course that was taught for many years as a short course on the LSU campus. And now it's been recorded and is available for your purchase. Write to the Radio Bible Course and ask for our tape brochure. It describes understanding the New Testament and 25 other courses on cassette tape for your listening at home. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 149. 16 Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.